Hangout family, we are back. The Hangout podcast, culture and society podcast from a black ass queer perspective by your host and producer, Eric Cole, a.k.a. Tennis Bang. If you're not already following the Hunger podcast, you can find it on social media or on your favorite podcasting platform by searching at Hunger Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And you know what? Your boy has been out here. I've been a guest on a few podcasts recently. The Zaya show. I was on their podcast. You can catch that. It's now streaming. Just search Eric Cole. So you can find all things Eric Hunga Podcast, the shows I've been a guest on. I appreciate the support. You can also subscribe at Instagram for 99 cents a month. Thank you to all the subscribers for low fee. You can show your appreciation. And um, we're back another week with Nell Simmons. Thank you for being here. Thank my you for my guest me. co-host. Because you can't, you're, you're no longer, you're, you're not like a guest. Like you're a guest co-host. You're you're actually like my first official guest co-host. I've interviewed people. You know what I'm saying? We've talked about this, but yeah. you've been on the show now. I think this is episode six. Time flies. So, is it six already? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We killing it. <laughs> we killing Are we? it. Yeah. The feedback that I get mm-hmm. is outstanding. Is it? Yeah. Some Sometimes people. I think people are afraid to tell us like the critique. Well, no, not true. Because you get that too. I get that too. Yeah, I get the real deal. Critiques. But it's not a lot. I'd be like, y'all, like, fam, it's real. Like people let me know. Like these are the things I like. These are the things I don't like. I was officiating the game this past weekend, and my man, shout out to Dave, was like, hey, shout out to Dave. Send me that other uh, podcast. Send me that link. So I sent it to him. So. It's in it's in demand, you know. Just gotta get more, gotta get ourselves out there some more. You know, I'm not the best with social media, so mm-hmm. like I do dibble and dabble in that content creation space. So like sometimes I like try to repost or I like today I made a post. I saw I, you. Yeah, and I dropped it and got some uh some I'm gonna listen to it later or like some heart emojis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's tough sometimes because I'm just not about social media. I'm Trying to enjoy other things in life. I mean, at one point in time, podcasting was just I, when when I first started out. The emphasis on social media is nowhere near like it is today. It was more about podcasting, like mm-hmm. getting people to you know just subscribe. Because, and I even noticed that now. I don't have to my Instagram page. I do more like society and culture with a mix of my podcast stuff because I really don't need to post a whole lot like podcast clips to get people to go listen. Yeah. People are already, if you're an Apple podcast, you're already subscribed. Yeah, people are also in Spotify. You're, you're subscribed. So as soon as my episode pops up, you're going to get that notification. Yeah. But you're posting different things on your page, like you said, and people are looking for that. To try to get, try to engage with people in a different way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I be trying to engage with people. I've been doing my uh, my workout stuff, and I get some feedback. But I'm I'm, I'm really your just workout like, stuff. Yeah. So oh, right, okay. So right now, oh, your been, story. Yeah, my story. I've been working out for this. What is it, today? January 30th. So I've been working out for 29 days straight, and I just post every every time I work out or every time I feel like it. Because I'm not. I'm even inconsistent with that. I'll be like, 
I go to the gym every day, but sometimes I just don't feel like posting anything. But then mm-hmm. I'm like day 29. People are like, oh, keep going. Have you tried this workout? You know, put the treadmill up on incline 100 and walk at the speed of 10. It helped you drop the weight so much faster. But I'm just not. You are slimming that down. I do notice that. Appreciate. Is it. that the goal or like what? What was the goal 29 days ago when you first got started? So everything is around surrounding like you know bettering your life. So that was a goal. But then I, I do. I would like to see if I have what it takes to officiate on a collegiate level. So you have to look a certain way. So I've been trying to drop, get in shape for that. And you serious about this officiating? I'm serious, man. I love it. You really do. I can tell. I love it. You know. What do you love most about it? I like being out there with the kids. Like me. So it's the crazy part. The interaction with the parents are just they either good or they bad. They ain't no in between. But just to be out there on the court, you know, doing like I can't play basketball no more at a high level, but I can officiate at a high level. So I'm still connected to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to see kids develop like some of these leagues. I've been officiating for two, three years and I see kids that couldn't dribble a ball two years ago. Now, like going up and under, making left hand layups, moves that, I, that they probably never imagined hitting. So just to be connected and to be there, like enjoying the game. Like, I love it, bro. I absolutely love it. It's, it's a lot, though, but I love it. We're going to see how far I can go. I know you're passionate about it, and good luck with everything. I know 2024 is going to be good to you. I pray it's going to be good to you. I think you're off to a good start, for sure. Off to a great start, man. You know, the season is coming to an end now, so I look forward to that as well, because it can be a lot. You know? To see basketball every day, like every day, mm-hmm. like sometimes your mind just needs a break from it. Cause there's a lot of things that go on. Hmm. Are you? Is this? Is this that weighs on you? Not, not just... weighs on you, but you know, you you are out there to do a job, and it's a job that nobody likes. Like I make one call, some fans are going to like it, other fans are going to hate it. Right. I make one call, the coach is going to ask, is going to question it, so I got to be real particular about how I answer it, or they might question another official's call. Like uh, I'll be quick. I don't want to bore y'all, but no, you I had a game. This, this is your your time. So there's a there's different. There's three officials on the court, uh, but they all have different roles. So as an R, that means you the, you the head official in charge for the night. So I had a situation where in the beginning of the game, before the game starts, you go over and check the book to make sure all the players are in there, and they all have legal numbers. Legal numbers are numbers that you can put on one one hand. So if you had to make thirty three, you put up, you know, you mm-hmm. do that three three on each hand. It's a legal number. So long story short. Kid comes. I ask, ask him is the book correct. Kid comes into the game. He scores two back back to back buckets, and the table was hitting the horn like. Burr, 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 burr. I stopped the game. Hey, what's going on? The kid is in the book as number twelve, but in his jersey is number fourteen. I pulled my team together. Said, "Look, man, we have a, a technical foul. Wrong wrong number in the book. We do it. Technical foul. The coach goes bananas. He says, "Hey, I didn't do that. I didn't complete my book. You have to know the rule, like coach." It's not my job to see who did the book. I'm asking in mm. pregame, is everyone properly equipped and all the numbers in the book? I'm reiterating that. You tell me yes, got a technical file. So he he went a little crazy and he was saying it's not my fault that the coach changed the number in the book. At that point But the number was changed in the book. The number was fourteen. It was no eraser mark next to it, but I'm not doing that thorough investigation either. I'm going by what I see, mm. but the table alerts me. And we move on. But you know, they end up winning the game by like fifteen, but it's just one of those things, like it's a burden. Like no, he's he didn't like it. 
The other players, yeah. the other team did, but you know, it's a, it's a tough situation. It's a tough position. But to as be an in. official, that's that's the call that you have to make. Yeah, I'm only there to enforce the rules, and I tell them that all the time. Yeah. Like when they get mad and they be saying something, I'm like, Coach, I'm just here to enforce the rules. That's all I'm doing. And and by design, you know, because <laughs> imagine if you weren't there, right? How chaotic these games would be. Oh, super chaotic. So yeah. Oh, did you see the clip I sent you? Which one? About the official who was getting cussed out by the parent, and he said, um, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." It I saw gets that. like that, bro. It gets like that. It gets hectic. So there's a wow. clip circulating where this official is telling the parent, you know, don't get it twisted. Don't let these stripes fool you. There's an opportunity. You ain't gonna do shit. Shut up. Shut your ass up. Don't, don't let the stripes get you twisted. And it does get intense like that, you know. Some parents, I just, I just simply ignore. Like some parents are hilarious. I remember doing a game and I made a call and the dad was like, all right, Terrence Howard, we see you. I laughed that off. But then you'll get the total other end of the spectrum. And it's like, yo, I've had a coach follow me from the court all the way to the front of the building and threaten like and threaten me. And it's like, like, it's a game. First of all, fam, I really don't care who wins this game. I don't. My thing for me, every game, I just hope a kid doesn't get hurt. Yeah. I don't care who win. I'm going to get the same amount of money once it's over. But you get situations like that, man, and um, it's tough. Like in September of this year, no, in August, we had a thousand officials pass the uh, entrance exam, and you had, I think, 825 quit because of the etiquette of the parents. It's just a lot. Like you really had to have thick tent, thick skin to be an official. You had to have deaf ears. You had to remain, maintain your composure. And my thing is like. There is a line because I am a man with the stripes on, without the stripes on. I just be like, just don't touch me. Like, I'll give you a tech. I'll ask you to lead a game. I've given the ball back to the table. Like, the game won't start till a parent is removed. Yeah. And it is a safety issue. But, um, yeah, man, if you want to be <laughs> official, DM me. I-, I can get you on the right track. It's unfortunate that it even gets to that. But I know, like, it's passionate out there. Yeah, super passionate, man. It's like, to me, I look at these these games as like these are these games are the kids NBA. Some of them kids is not going to play middle school ball, high school ball, college ball. They're not good enough to be on a varsity team. They're not good enough to be on a college team. They're not good enough to be on a club team. So this is it for them. So like they out there giving a hundred percent. So we got to give a hundred percent too. But the parents are just unrealistic. You know, I've been in games where I've heard parents. I've heard coaches yell for eight seconds. So, in the backcourt in high school, college, you get 10 seconds to take the ball from the backcourt to the frontcourt. I've heard coaches, parents yell eight seconds in the backcourt because they watch NBA basketball. That's an NBA rule. It's not here. So, a lot of the parents that I, not a lot, some of the parents I come across just aren't as knowledgeable about the game as they should be. And it's just like you're not as knowledgeable and you would hope they would be aware of that but self-awareness is not like people don't have that but the passion is still there so it's just like the passion with the ignorance and it's just like you're just doing your job like you're there to hold people accountable to the rules and so that and we know we just live in in a society period where people don't want to be held accountable to no rules absolutely not but you know i'll be out there joking (laughs) with the kids for real for real like I be trying to break the tension. Like, you have rivalry games. And, like, kids, like, well, I ain't following. And they be talking about, I'm like, look at the Jumbotron. None of these high schools have a Jumbotron. But kids are still look up at the ceiling. But it's a, 
It's a catch twenty two. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you're officiating or doing anything like that, you know, stay safe. Safety first. No, why don't you drop your social media just in case anyone's listening? They have any official officiating uh, questions for you, and or they're just looking to connect with you on social media, or they're interested in your podcast that you're a co-host of, the Does That Make Sense podcast. Does that make sense? So look, if you want to follow me, I'm on a gram. It's N E four L's and three underscores. If you're looking for me on Twitter, is no N E L L one underscore G E. Like DM me, I'm gonna respond. But yeah, follow. Do you me. really want people? Are you are you messy on Twitter? Yo, you know what? No, I'm not messy on Twitter. I try to, all right, because I want to go. Because I'm like, you putting it out there. Like, do you really want people to go look at your nah, tweets? I, don't, I really <laughs> well, don't be I guess saying some nothing. People, if they want to, they they'll do that anyway. They'll find you. But, but you know, you gotta. I teeter tot the line. Like some things I want to speak on, even on the podcast on Twitter, I don't say because I know it, it might offend somebody. And I'm not looking to offend, but you know, I have to be conscious of what I'm trying to, what I'm doing and what I'm saying and where I'm trying to go. But I'm going to keep it a bug with you. I might not always be right, but I'm always real. That's how I sleep at night. So I'm going to say what I want to say, but I'm going to have some, uh, some coof and some etiquette to it. So you, you mentioned this a few moments earlier, but you, you had a little update for the Does That Make Sense podcast. So do you want to go ahead and repeat since I, because I just told the folks that you're a co-host of the Does That Make Sense podcast, so you guys can go ahead and go listen because it is out there. Yeah, go listen to but, some of the um, episodes. When do you are you do you guys think you'll be getting back in the studio or recording at some point in the near future? I would hope so. Uh, the thing with Does That Sense Make Does That Make Sense podcast is we were in the same city, and you know life takes you and different he's places. Moved. Yeah, he's moved. So right Job. now. Relocated what? Yeah he relocated Gotcha Entrepreneur so he doing his thing gotcha. Shout out to Brian Shout out to Brian But you know right now Me and Eric are sitting face to face And this energy The vibes That's something I really need mm-hmm. And like sometimes being on Zoom You just can't cultivate That feeling that vibe Like it's something missing you know? uh, Yeah I, I, I guess because like I've done both So much I've had some really great interviews On Zoom with uh folks like Kenyon L. O'Brien. We had a great interview and people are still like watching it and getting likes and stuff like that on the Instagram. But I guess I could I get I get what you're saying. Like in person though, it's just an energy, it's just a vibe that you can get with somebody um that you can't get over the computer. But I think you can still get some good stuff over the computer you definitely can get some good stuff but for me again it's just like the same the zoom it's not it's not how we started maybe if we started that way from the zoom calls i would be more open to it and accepting but because we started this face-to-face laughing like the pre-pod is even different like you know like hold on i gotta go the pre-pod is different. The actual podcast is different. Not knowing when you're recording, not laughing, not sharing drinks, you know? It's just like, uh, I'll pass. But no, I really do hope that we can figure it out. Because it, it, it was to the point where we were doing so well and we was creating so much traction. I was like, look, bro, after work, I'll hop on a spirit flight. And that's a lot. I'll hop on a spirit flight. Where is he again? Where to your city. Uh, it's in somewhere in Florida. I don't, I don't know if they're looking for you, B, so I don't want to get exact location. But he's in Florida. But I was down to hop on a spirit flight 
like record like two three hours jump back on a flight come back home and vice versa but you know we'll see we'll see but right now if you're looking for me catch me up on the hung up podcast yes with eric cole aka tennis bay aka tennis bay i cannot wait to get back out there it's a struggle in the winter time because when it's like super super cold or icy or rainy of course you can't play outside but that's when you go into the indoor courts indoor courts costs so (laughs) not everyone is always trying to split that bill with you but i got a few people who are willing to do it and it's really not that bad when you when you're splitting it with two or um three other people so but you know what no let me ask you in terms of this conversation and what we've been doing do what do you see for this this what we got going on do you want to continue the audio do you see any video do you see how we can maybe like do things different on social media or you cool you like because this is cool too like we we basically like hang out yeah we hang out it'd be like nine o'clock after a long day we chilling we got some drinks we chilling and it's just like conversation things that we normally discuss on the phone that's the only thing that right i feel like sometimes that you miss that when you're in the studio so me and you talked previously and i'm down for the ride uh, I think uh, it's time for us to give the people what they've been asking for and do some visual, you know, on a Does That Make Sense podcast. That's what people were asking for. Like, we want to actually see y'all. We want to see y'all. And I think even though this is an audio broadcast. Pause. Th- Why do you think people have such an invested interest and in, they want to see? Like, the audio is, like, cool, but why do you think that is? I think it's the reaction. It's the facial expressions. It's the body language. Like, how do you feel? With what you're saying. Yeah, with what you're saying or the oh, questions being asked. they want to be able to match the two. Like, yeah. put him. Okay, I got you. Like, okay, like, is he lying? Is he trying to just save face? <laughs> is it like, um, he don't really want, he don't really want to say what he want to say, but he going to say something anyway? I think it's a lot. And, um, I would say we both are attractive young men. So people want to see that. They want to actually put the voice to a face and a face to a name yeah. and feel connected. Yeah, I think like, um, and I'm a big Joe Budden fan, uh, and I I know some people some people don't like it or agree with everything he says, but I know like I listen to that audio broadcast on like when I'm on my way to work or when I'm on my way to a game. Yeah, but then they say something that's like crazy hilarious. I might want to see like. How hard was they laughing? Mm-hmm. Like, what was the face expression like? Did somebody sigh out somebody? Like, bro, why you say that? Because you, it's a lot to body language. So just to see how people react, like, I'm sure we might talk about, um, what's her name? Like, Nicki Minaj this. Like, all right, let me see, like, how he really feel. Like, the people need that. People want to feel connected to, especially in this space. Like, for the longest in our generation, we grew up on people on the radio. We never knew what them people looked like. You could walk past um, from Philly, what's that? WDAS, Smooth Talk Night Radio. And I'm your man. And but I like that. I, I like kind of like that. But it's the, it's the mysterious illusion. Yes, 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 exactly. But, exactly. see, but, but you can't you can't cop to that right now because you are on video in numerous places. YouTube, Instagram, <laughs> you probably have been on WHYY at this point. I mean, you everywhere. Oh, hey. <laughs> You've done prep commercials for the city of Philadelphia, so you out there. I have. Presentations. Welcome. But I would just like, as long as people want to hear what I 
or what we have to say. I'm down for whatever. Like we can set this up at a at a bar one night and do some like live shows. Yeah, I guess. Because it is the hung up pod. So True. you know, hand them the phone and see what they what they on, what they hung up on. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Come on to a club or a bar near you. A lounge. How about that? Not a bar, but a lounge. If anyone listening has any ideas or would like to see Nell and I in a different format um, or any additional formats other than what you hear right now, just the audio, um, let us know. Send in your suggestions or any questions, love, feedback that you have in general, uh, anything you want read. <clears throat> wow. You know, that would be cool. Like if people like you can write in if you have questions Yo. for me and now we can read your questions uh while we're recording people reach out to me to ask can they come on the podcast and i would be like and i had to set the record straight this isn't my podcast tell this them is, to write it this is eric's podcast no they want to come on for what and speak about topics that they have and I, i'm not some people I said, right, let's go get some mics. Like me and you can do it in a one-on-one. Like no, I would no. Out. Like I don't in mind engaging with the people at all. So like, yeah. So when we set up this situation at the bar or the, or the lounge, make sure you come up so we can engage. Okay. Don't be hesitant. Don't be hostile though. Don't be hostile. Come in there with some. Uh, Could you go that with that? And I don't want to do. No, that. I'm not. Yo, you know what? <clears throat> so even with basketball. My dad has always said, well, that right, let me be it. better. I'm sorry. You're right. But here's a kicker, like, with your words, like, I'm not, I've never been one to sell wolf tickets. So, like, you can do all the yelling <laughs> and all of that. I think it's funny as fuck when people say wolf tickets. I love it. Because it's like. It's such an old head word. We yell, phrase. You, you yelling for what? Like, I hear you. Trust me, I hear you. And sometimes I do want to respond to you, but, like, you're not going to put your hands on me. Like, that's where, the, and I, don't try me, because I'm not going to try you, but. That's when the situation get real to me. Like you can say whatever you want. Like, oh, you light skin and got a bald head. Okay, that's cool. I heard it already. Do something else. Yo, the boy, the one boy called you. He said, "All right, Terrence Howard." He said, "All right, Terrence Howard." But yo, I'm funny too. I'm funny too. Like people be yelling at me sometimes. And I remember this man. This man was sitting next to his wife, and me and him have he had played, not Terrence Howard. Me and this man have had some conversation around basketball. So one day he said something to me that was crazy, and I just got tired of. It. I think I was having a bad day. I said, "Listen, my man, I don't come to McDonald's and tell you you forgot to put pickles on my burger. Why are you coming to my job harassing me?" Wait, who were you talking to? I was talking to a parent. Fan, you, you didn't know, but did they work at McDonald's or you was I just don't pulling know, shit I don't out? Know. I was pulling out the air. <laughs> His wife we was love a read rolling, bro. Pulled out from that. <laughs> he ain't never speaks to me again after that. Yeah. But you know, listen, people man, get their feelings hurt. But you got play with something safe. When you pull a read out the air like that, play with something safe. I try to treat everybody with respect because I don't know what y'all going through in your day to day. So do the same. Well, ditto. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's no. Oh, but we live in society where you can say anything. Like on Twitter, you can say you can throw a rock and hide your hand. Like you, people be tweeting from accounts that like with a dog avatar or a profile picture. I don't. That's why I don't even be engaging with some very violent things, especially now that after Elon Musk took over, he definitely let a lot of shit fly that wouldn't have flown <laughs> before. Would not have been cool before. But ain't that free speech? And that's and and so. These are the things that we get to debate. You know what I mean. You know, 
with free, 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 it, with anything comes a con. With every action, there's a there's a reaction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. just yeah. like with anything else, like all right, free speech. But what does that what does that actually like mean, and what does that look like? And I think when that was written, it was at a time where it needed to be said, it needed to be written, even though it didn't apply to to us. But in terms of you know the you know the grander scheme of things. But what does that mean in 2024 (laughs) when we in a whole completely different, uh, a different world where you can be a rabbit on Twitter and and tweet out some racist, hurtful shit, MAGA shit, fake news, all that. It's tough, but I I, ignore it. There's no consequence. Bro, I ignore it. Like, again, we give too much credence to some of these people. But then there are people who were, I want to say lost, who would just gravitate towards it because it identifies with some some of their beliefs. But yeah, free speech is crazy. But would you rather live like um like some of these other societies where they don't have free speech and they have like what is it social scores like in I believe it's China and Japan where you can't speak out. Against the political parties or like your social score drops where you can't get on, you can't use public transportation this week until you do something uh, uplifting for the community or maybe your uh, your car don't work. You're like you get access is shut down for certain things like as much freedom as we have here, other places don't have any right. or much. So free so. speech means different things in different places yeah. and has different consequences different in different consequences. places, different consequences. And it's scary, but I live here. It's a reality. Yeah. I live here, not there. Yeah. And, you know, but despite that, do you feel like we're still connected? Somehow, some way. Even even if it's 10,000 miles, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, at some somehow... It's going to come full circle, if not for me, for my community or for my block or for my family or for my like, we're all connected. Do you do you think there's any truth to that? I definitely think we all connected no matter how far we're away because uh, we all have feelings and emotions. But for some situations, you got to take that with a grain of salt because like you're not there. Yeah, we don't know exactly what's going on. But like to me now, looking at things on social media, it's like something happens. I'm like, damn, I can relate to that. Damn, I can relate to this. Like, life is so relatable, so far away. Like, I've seen things on Twitter where, like, dude walk in on his spouse. And, like, I'm like, damn, well, somebody kicked the door down one time when I was younger. And I was in a crib. So, like, yeah, it's all relatable. And it's, like, learning experiences. Like, no matter what background you are, we all going through the same things. Like, we may think that we are better off because we're like key example, right? They talk about the war in Palestine and Israel and they're like, Oh, ain't a war. There's no war in America. Fam, there's a shooting every other day. The only difference is we not getting missiles dropped on us, but we, it's a war going on outside. Nobody really safe from like you catch a strike. The only difference is we don't have like missiles being dropped on us or like people going out there with grenades. It's mass shootings. It seems like every other week. What's the difference from what's going on somewhere else? Getting deep. Life now. is relatable. 
We all going through something. But I think that's like maybe the point I was trying to like drive home with that question. Because even how we see the Palestinian people being treated, you got black. Look how we treated that. I was. You got black Americans right now. Would America have responded any other way when what we've seen? Since we've literally been bought here is that like black and brown people don't mean shit. You either got a wicked jump shot or you rapping on the mic. And even then, in the contract, I'm a <laughs> you gonna sign your life away. Cause when you're dead, I'm still gonna make some money off of you. Oh yeah, I need that. Like the rock just uh actually joined a ownership group that has taken over the WWE and he finally got his name, The Rock back. Do you know how much money The Rock can you smell like just to hear they own that. that? So they own they yeah. had owned that up until now. Yes. Do you know how powerful that is, bro? Yeah. So now he can go anywhere with that. He can. Go he owns that now. He can go anywhere. But like, up until now, they've been making money off of that. Yeah, though. just the Rock. Because if you notice, like all oh, it's up been Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like mm-hmm. it's not the Rock. But that's him now. Shout out. Like ownership is a real thing. It's it powerful. is because we. Slavery has been the the thing here in America for all the time. So it's like getting your name back, getting your shit back, getting your land back, getting your house back, getting your rights back, getting your music back, getting your royalties back. Everybody trying to get their shit back. I'm trying to get my taxes back. My shit just got approved. Got the text message today. I ain't even five months, but I'm trying to get all that back. Like all that back. And shout out to being a ride share driver because then you can like use it as a, a write off. You can write off a lot of your expenses, your car note, well, the um your interest, cell phone. Oh. I n- I never knew that. Any fees related to your car, like that annual fee to get your car registration, okay. inspection. You can write all those things off. Nice. Every car wash you get. Nice. <laughs> you can write that off. So But you know, you gotta learn, you gotta reduce that stuff. um taxable income. Yeah, because they tax like it. the white boys be doing. Because that's what they do. Hey, but make a billion dollars. How you report zero? How you report a loss? You report a loss, actually. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that's how they do the shit, y'all. <laughs> but I rem- I remember, and I don't know how true this is. So do your own research. I remember meeting a financial advisor, and he's like, "John, do you loan money to your friends and family?" And I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Why don't you uh, put on a promissory note?" He's like, "Because if they don't pay you back, you can write that off." Is it like, <laughs> like what? There are loopholes to this that we just don't know because, one, we probably don't have a lot of people that look like us in that industry, and we don't talk a lot. We don't talk about money. Talking about money in the black community is so taboo. Yeah, and the those things like you just described are not being, unless, they're not, those things aren't being talked about across the aisle. Yeah, it's get, not. You understand what I I'm saying. I keep this information to myself. For and me for and my, my family. People that look like me. Because that's all that... I really care about at the end of the day. Yeah. All right. So any upcoming events you have that you want to shout out, anything coming up um, personally or anything you are attending that's coming up? Uh, no, nothing coming up, but tomorrow I'm going to uh, plan to be alive again. So shout out to that. Um, I plan on being here for a long time. That's an upcoming event, yeah, that's y'all. Event. Yeah. That's, that's the event that, that I'm That come on, let's let's talk about it. If I can, if I can just get one more chance, one more day. Yeah, man. Life is not promise. Mm. Tomorrow's not promise. But you know what? Come up. Yeah. Let's say I do have an event. My son. Has, so 
my son goes to the school and like every event they throw, he want to go to. So they having some type of spaghetti Shout dinner. Out to that, I love yeah. that. Yo, that was me. Yo, so listen, I'm sorry. I nurture keep that, that shit, and I know you are. But yeah. to the parents, like nurture that shit. Yeah, cause yo, they the time flies. Like the time flies. Mm. And I hate to keep going back to basketball, but yo, some of these schools I go to, yeah, to some of these schools look like something off of like X Men, like where Professor X had all them kids, all the mutants and whatnot. Some of these schools are just immaculate, like swimming programs, lacrosse programs, rugby. And I'm not even, and then like you get into the education, like the way the cafeteria is set up. The, yo, the lights is even brighter, bro. Talk about it now. The this lights the are ahead, even brighter, man. Because there's like, a difference. Talk about the difference. Oh, so the difference I see. What else are you seeing? So the difference I see, I see <laughs> the game. So the games are typically later in the evening. So what does that do? That means for a parent that's getting off at three, four o'clock, they have the opportunity to see their child perform at their sporting event. Uh, while the basketball going on, there's also swimming taking place. Uh, there's also lacrosse taking place. Like some of these schools have like five, four or five gyms. So there's something always going on. So like you wondering, like, God forbid, like your, your kid out of school at three o'clock. They got a basketball game at four. But after that, you don't know where they're at. These schools have things going on for the children that are there. Like I did a basketball game uh, Friday night at a school that won't be won't be named, but it's seven o'clock. Majority of the kids are there. The parking lot is full. There's like arts and crafts going on there. Long story short, there are other extracurricular activities going on to occupy your children and keep them out of harm's way, basically. But not at the black schools, right? I want to say, I'm not going to call them the black schools. I'm going to say some of the public schools. I'm sorry, I should say like the public inner city schools. Yeah, I'm going to say some of the public inner city schools. And I'm not sure. Because you've been able to see the difference between the two. Yeah, I can see the difference between the locker room, the basketball court, the attendance, the fans. Yeah, it's a... Let me ask you this. What's how, up? How is that not racism? Oh, good question. When there is a blatant difference between how our black and brown children are being, are the, are being prioritized in education versus how white kids are being prioritized in education has much changed from the 60s and the 70s? I think a lot has changed from the 60s and the 70s. Well, true. But in terms of what the bottom line is, which is y'all going to get this, the scraps that's left over, the bare minimum. Because one thing that I hear about all the time, especially with Philly schools, is this asbestos. A lot of these yeah. schools, and then in the summer, you can forget about it. It's too hot. They send in this kid. There ain't no air conditioner. No. A lot of these schools. The lunches are not, they're not, like, am I making this stuff up? So you're not making it up, but every school, almost every school is different, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say it's not a difference between, it's a big difference between the 60s and 70s, in my opinion. This is where you need, like, a resident old head to come in here and like, this is my segment. But- I feel as though you had more parents fighting for equality in the school system back then. I also feel like, Mm. or I've heard from the stories of my, my elders, you had a lot of that at the black schools. You had a lot of extracurricular activities, but when you had, when, when segregation was being brought on, it was like they did it in the inverse instead of, Segregating the teachers into these white establishments, they just did the students, so you had nobody to look like you. You didn't have programs; programs were already filled, et cetera, et cetera. 
But today, I just don't see a lot of participation from the parents in the inner city schools. And I'll utilize my experience when I worked at the recreational center uh, down, I think, 58th and King Sesson. We would have basketball programs, etiquette classes, uh, free karate lessons. We had a lot of, I had a lot of stuff going on that center because I brought it there. And it's just where a lack of participation. And sometimes stuff was free. You didn't have anybody to want to participate. They were preoccupied doing something else. Um, whereas you get these schools in the suburban neighborhoods where, like, don't get me wrong, they're black kids too. They're not an amount of, not in the same amount as inner city kids, but you have them there too where they're taking full advantage of these activities. You know, they are, they are looking to grow them and cultivate them, but on the same side, they are met with some racial tension because a lot of the, I don't want to say a lot of the questions, but when there are questions about African-Americans or the inner city, all eyes on them. Like, I don't know all these answers. Like I live in the same neighborhood you live in. I'm just black. So, you know, and they are up against the stereotypes that the teachers have seen that they've seen on television. But when it comes to overall funding, I think where those communities have an advantage they have a network of people that have probably went there and somebody that graduated in previous years reached a hand out and reached back to bring them to where they are. So instead of coming out of college and making a job starting at 50,000, maybe they're starting at 100, 110. And they're building up their network where, hey, I need you to make some donations back to this school. So each one teach one. Yeah, each one teach one. And now where I have this money, I can make these donations. So like when you look at schools like Penn, when you have basically like the world leaders that have went to Penn, if I have the money, I'm going to donate to my alma mater to make sure that we remain at the top, cream of the crop. I just don't think you get a lot of those stories from the inner city. Like I know Will Smith does things for Overbrook. I know Kevin Hart donated millions of dollars uh, to the recreational centers. I know the Morris twins who play, one plays for the Philadelphia 76 and I think the other one plays for Dallas right now. They made donations. They made like, you know, coat drives, things that the city, that the kids need. But when you're not a multi-billionaire or you don't have that foundation, how much money can I donate? All right, so let's get into it. We have a few things to talk about a few things before we wrap up this episode first i wanted to go over the results of the um back in the day poll that i took last week because we talked about that on our episode and the results were 10 percent. no 22 percent said that 10 years defines back in the day 40 percent said 20 and i think you said 20 no i didn't say 20 I thought you said 20. That wasn't that your vote during the last episode? You said anything. Maybe. You said 20 years is back in the day. And then 15% said 30 years. 22% said anything childhood. I can get down with the anything childhood. I say think, it again. I think they swayed me. I can get down with anything childhood. Right. Because we, we brought up the song. And you was like, wait. <laughs> Yo, you know what song we didn't bring up? And I wonder, is this, this a Philly thing? Will Smith Summertime. Oh, yeah. 
That's like summer, summer. That takes summer me right time. back to childhood, jumping on a trampoline at my aunt's house, summertime cookout. <sighs> Bro, had no idea what was in store for me. But your parents used to tell you, "Hey, relax, enjoy being a child." And you, yeah. were, you were like, "No, I'm not trying to enjoy this. Enjoy being a child." That's because we ain't know, y'all. Yeah, they should have showed us one of these bills. Shit is a gag. This is the only thing you get to do now. You can go. You can leave and go when you want, but it's gonna cost you. It's literally gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you. You. you Matter of fact, say, where you staying at? Well, it's gonna cost you. What you about to do? You going to Target? Mm, it's gonna cost yeah. you. You want to drink tonight? Have a good time. It's gonna cost. It's you. gonna cost you. Gas cover parking parking. And don't be in one of the popping cities like Atlanta, D.C. You got to pay go, for parking. Slim parking at that. Yo, parking might be $40 with a rip. You talking about this valet? He's like, no, valet, actually $120, brother. You want to leave your joint up front? It's Gag City. The girls are mad at the 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 cover charge at the club down at the to the level ups. Yeah. That $20 cover be a gag. But like you just said, in some of these other cities, like, that's nothing. That's light cheese. But... Also, it's about what you're going to get in return. This is true. Because, listen, I've been to Austin and paid for a section, and I felt like I was a, the man that night. The, How much the, you pay for the section? Section was like 500 Damn. Rooftop joint, too. Roots overlooking the city Bottle. of Austin. How many bottles? bottles? I think we got two, two, three bottles. I think the $500 section came was with, living with life, two y'all. bottles. It came with two or three bottles. Nell was out here cutting up in these streets. Definitely was. But here's the kicker, though, like, once they brought the sparkles out and brought the bottles and placed them down, they would come back periodically to say, hey, do you want us to make your drinks? That is the part that blew my mind. VIP service. VIP service. They want to know, y'all, you, you all right? Do you need anything else? And sometimes- Meanwhile, we, at, we, we, at the, we at the club, we at the bar looking for the hookah girl. Where's she at? Where's she at? Bro, and I don't know where, like, is she making the coals? Like, what is taking her so long? She digging the bitches out where, baby. I ain't have a good hookah night in a minute. I, I might have to be outside soon. You like hookah like that? Yeah. We can do a hookah night now. Yeah. I can take you. I can take you down. I mess, I mess with the to hookah, where the girls man. be. Yeah, I do mess with the hookah, man. So yeah, I mean, twenty two percent, ten years, forty percent, twenty years, fifteen percent, thirty years, and twenty two percent anything childhood. So there you have it, folks. What defines back in the day? What defines back in the day for you? Drop us a comment. We're going to get these interactions up. Oh, they low? They're not where they need to be. He read me, y'all. They're not where they need to be. Was that a read? No, that wasn't a read. You know where reading is now? I think so, but enlighten me. Enlighten me. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I want to hear where you What do you think? What is your definition? Like a read is when you when you look at somebody, you measure them up, hey. and then you say whatever you want to say. Like I said to the dude, like are you harassing me? I'm gonna read you now. I'm gonna look at you. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you got on. Read them now. You supposed to have on black dickies, but they really like turning gray. So that means your pockets are probably low, or you a working man. But okay, your hair not really put together. It's a straight read. It's a yeah, straight like read. Like your hair not really put together. Your woman ain't your woman looking fly. You not uh. You okay. This is how the straights be reading. Yeah, the, okay. Your lips kind of chat. You, what's going oh, on shit. with you? 
you know, your barber ain't doing your lineup right. I mean, that's essentially it, though. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a it, you you look at them and, and and it's time to go in. Yeah, you de- you at define the, at the lowest points. Is. Yeah, at the lowest points, just pulling everything apart. Everything for no reason, and they, and they, <laughs> and they rebuttal might be, "I'm a working man." Like you lost, <laughs> you lost. Speaking of polls, hung up family, um, with everything going on with our girl, hot girl Meg and Nikki, Nikki just dropped her response, and ninety six percent said it was a flop, four percent said it was a bop. Yeah, normally a hundred percent of me stay out of women's business. But I had the opportunity to listen to the song. Why would you have to? It wasn't. It wasn't what it should have been. It wasn't a bop. It's a song. You have the right to listen to it and no, no, no. But like, give your feelings on it. They beefing about whatever they beefing about. Oh, I see just, what you're saying in yeah. terms of. Well, I don't feel like they beefing. Nikki is really the one who's beefing with herself because Megan has not. Responded to any of that social media mess. Get up she on said your these hoes. She said these hoes ain't mad at Megan. They mad at Megan's law. That's all she said. But you know, she she didn't even call Nikki out. But if because that to, honestly could have applied to anybody. It could have. But you know, the shoe fit where. Um, but you know, rap is subliminal. They playing. They playing chess, not checkers. It's not like an easy jump over them. No, like I'm, I'm gonna hit you with a little one two, which is See right. If you bite and then um, you know you gonna fire your one two, and I'm, we gonna keep going. It's entertaining, but you know it gets, it gets the numbers up, the engagement up. It almost seems like to me everything Rap is a beef rollout. Is a thing. Yeah, and you get paid from it because you you getting so many people are looking at your post to say all right. She gonna respond like people waiting for Megan to respond. If Megan drop a song tomorrow's talk called Mary had a little lamb. Immediately they talking about, oh, Megan is married and Nikki the lamb and then Megan going to eat her. Like, simple. <laughs> well, the way she be spending them boars. Because this wasn't the itty bitty piggy, Nikki. We don't know what's going on, but it's given that rant that she went on. And I can drop a little bit of it right now. Like, it's given cocaine rant. I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. Fragment, fragment, uh, scat, uh, fragment foot. Bullet fragment foot bitch. Bullet fragment, bullet fragment bitch. She a bullet fragment, bullet fragment bitch. Now listen here, ho. Get up on your good foot. Bitch, I said get up on your good foot, not your bad foot. Fuck was that? A diss or a piss? Said it was his, I said piss. That my fans called it piss. Yo nigga, bitch. Said all that shit about you, ho. Yo, ex nigga that just was around you all that. Y'all mad because y'all don't have somebody that loves you and stand ten toes down behind you. So you bringing up 30-year-old teeth from when this child, when this man was a 15-year-old person, child. You bringing up 30-year-old teeth because no man has ever and will ever fucking love you. And lying on your dead mother, on your dead mama. Lying on your dead, you know, lied on a dead mama. Lied on a dead mama. Lied on a dead mama. Lied on your, I said, lied on a, a sexy red, she done lied. She lied and she cried and she lied and she cried. She said she lied and she cried and she lied and she cried. And then she lied and she cried and she lied and she cried. Cause she got blogs all up up her stupid doofy self ass. Every press, I said no well, I don't give up. Vote for the rip up the duck, dude. 
And then she tried to rap double time. Lie down your dead mama. 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 Mama, mama, lie down your dead mama. Lie down your dead mama. It's really a lot going on online. Um, just over the past few days, you have Nikki liking a lot of posts, some of which are calling to dox people that are that just don't like the song or don't like her <laughs> or are pointing out the fact that she's married to a sex offender. She apparently fired her assistant, who has been um, Kate Miller, who has been on Instagram on her story with, with a lot to say. And I'm saying all this because y'all listening, y'all can go to Twitter and just search for this stuff. But see, when you have someone who's been in like your vicinity throughout the entirety of your career, it makes it that much more juicy. Like, oh, like she got it. She giving up the the, the goods. Yeah. So every time I'm pretty sure people got notifications on Kate Miller, Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion because soon as something drop, they want to see if it has to do with the other person. And it's like being a celebrity has to be crazy. Because you always in the spotlight. But see, when when females beef is to me is totally different because they be like, you can't work with this person. They 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 are really like controlling like and it's, it's like guilty by association. Cause I had asked somebody, I'm like, what did uh what Megan and uh Nicki Minaj got beef over? <laughs> they was like, Oh, Megan did a song with Cardi B. That's it. That's it. Like Megan has literally done nothing to this woman. And it's just really, it's it's been wild to watch this go on online. I think it's really unfortunate. And I think it's getting really dangerous because a lot of the barbs are unhinged and posting people's addresses, calling people's jobs, getting people fired, all because someone doesn't like your favorite artist. What, like what? That and is- then Nikki, are, she's liking these posts. We can we can see what so she's feeling the fire. Oh yeah, but that's just what she does. She she likes shit that is problematic as hell. So she's not always saying it herself, but she's always there liking it and reposting it. And so it's fandom at its finest hour. I'm just like put it in the music and leave it at that. All this. Put it in the music. You are artists. So they be saying you can't play with these people, uh, fan clubs like the Beehive, the Barbs. What's Megan group name? The Stallions? Rihanna, the Navy, you can't. Don't like, nobody move like the Barbs, though. <laughs> yeah. They move They move uh, bigger, stronger, faster than the Beehive. Stomped him, everybody. Stomped him. No, I'm just Straight thinking. Straight facts. I have never heard of anyone. I mean, maybe maybe they are like doc, when I hear about doxing, it's always the be it's always the barbs. Do we have a sports update this week now? Y'all want a sports update? Yes. Y'all want a sports update? All right, cool. So this weekend was the N- NFC and AFC championship. Patrick Mahomes took down the Baltimore Ravens. And the San Francisco 49ers end up beating Detroit Lions, you know. And that was something historic. The Detroit hasn't been in the playoffs for like the last 32 years, and they finally made it this year. Looked like they was poised to go to the Super Bowl, and they got stopped short. 
Lamar Jackson played MVP caliber football all throughout the year, and they thought this was their year. Uh, Kansas City had some injuries, but Kansas City seemed to pull it out. Uh, because I was officiating, I didn't get an opportunity to watch those games, but that's life. And a uh, shout out to Sports Center for keeping me up to date. But um, as I do, as last week we talked about uh sports and some criminal some criminal accusations. So let's keep it going the same. <laughs> this isn't criminal, but I want to get your thoughts on this, Hunger yes, Family. Uh, Drea, a famous actress, model. Video vixen Actress. at the ripe age of 42 mm. is now dating a 21-year-old NBA star, Jalen Green. And the rumor is that Dre is pregnant. From what I understand, Dre also has a 20-year-old son. And there's been some outrage on social media about their dating and I want to know, what's your thoughts, Eric? What is the age gap and is 21 and 42 in any situation? A man, woman, woman, man. Is that too much? Well, she's 39. And it looks like he's, what, 21? Is that what you said? Yep, about 21. That's an 18-year-old. That's an 18-year age difference, bro. I heard a little bit about this. And the guy's name is Jalen Green. I see. Okay, Jalen Green. He looks really young. He's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. His birthday is February 9th, 2002. His annual fast. salary of $9 million. And it's going to go up. It's going to go up astronomically. And he, is, he has two million followers on Instagram. Jalen Green is an American professional basketball player for the Houston Rockets. He was a consensus five-star recruit and the best shooting guard in the 2020 class with ESPN ranking him number one overall. So Jalen sounds like he's a superstar when it yeah. comes to basketball. Jalen is destined to be a superstar. He's 21. He's young. Young, young. Young, 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 young. And she's 39. Old, 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 old. It does seem, but see, this is why. This is why, like, I battle with myself. If you're, you're damn near for it. Like, I, okay, I'm, a, I'm gonna put myself in it because I'm actually, I just turned thirty eight. Okay. So me and Drea are basically almost the same age. Indeed. I can't imagine being in a relationship with a twenty one year old. I'm sorry. That's just a different mindset, a different maturity level, the things we want in life different, how we see life different, what family means different, what friends mean different, career different, what I want to wear tomorrow, what I want to wear, how I want to look next week. Like, what? What time you want to go to sleep? Yes. that. Oh, that's a really big one. That's a really big one. Yo. What time <laughs> I'm glad you, go you to sleep? said that. I'm tired now. It's like, look, I'm it's 10, already. 15. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going. But you know, it's like rap soon. That's a lot, bro. Like that's a, like what? Are, what's the conversation about? Money. I feel like it's a lot of teaching. It could with that car, with that black car, that. I hope not, man. Is it? But uh, well, it's Drea. I, don't, I really don't know her background like that. But 
I can see it both ways, right? So let me play. I'm just thinking, what else do you want from a 21 year old but professional what, basketball star? Let's flip it. Let's flip who it. Who has a right? $9 million salary. Let's flip it. This is a podcast. And the first thing you do is get pregnant. That's they're not they're not married, that's right? That's a rumor. That's a rumor. That she's pregnant. But that's like me. Like my my celebrity crush is Felicia Rashad. If I had to, you know, if I could meet Felicia Rashad, I might shoot my shot. What that mean? But it's up to Felicia Rashad to say, little boy, you my son age. You my son that's age. True. What, what we gonna do? And we would, people would be clocking it like, oh, she robbing a cradle. But it would have a different tone to it than if it's like 40-20. Yeah. Versus 40-60. I think that's... Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That's, like, a, that's a maturity on both levels, right? You there. at 40, but right, because by the time you reach 40, you have experienced life, life in a way... Right, and you have matured. You've come a certain way. You've professionally grown a certain way. But You've learned some lessons. But at twenty-one, you still wet behind the ears. I could even see almost like I could see like if it was like forty and sixty, I'd be like, "Ooh, she, ooh, go ahead, still again or groove yeah. back." It's giving that. It's not giving like, girl, what you doing? This is a twenty-one-year-old man who should. Who is in the which might be one of the most important moments of his life right now? I want to know how his mama feel. Let's get her on the show. Jay, yeah, you DM him right now asking who his mama <laughs> is. That would be my question because. But at the same, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, but at the same time, the mom can feel either way about it. As as a child, as a man, Jalen Green is still six gonna... foot four. That's why Drea on that. She like my God, my God, bro. You get off that man page and getting all his Wikipedia notes. Send that to Drea, the one that's on it. Drea is on it. She is on it. But as a twenty one year old, I'm gonna make my own decision. Like it's only so much you can say to me as my parent, as my guardian. Like I'm grown. You grown twenty one, and I'm for sure. Up. I'm up. I'm up. But I think with your parents, you know, and we talk about it, even going well into adulthood, but definitely at the age of 24, not for everybody, but for a lot of folks, like having that approval from your parents still means something. Yeah, it means a lot. Listen, it looks looks weird to me. It's not the norm. Uh, If my son... At 21, borrowed a 42-year-old woman home. 39. You keep 30, All right, 32. 39. I'm going to have to pull my son to the side. I'm going to have to pull, like, what, what's going on here? What would you, right, would you have some concerns? Yeah. And what would, what would your concerns be? What, what would be your top two concerns that your 21-year-old son has brought home a 39-year-old? I'm going to ask him what, what his intentions are. His or hers? His. Okay. Like are you, With her? Yeah. Are you trying to put your hand in cookie yard and just not get caught? Like, nah. She's trying to get pregnant, dad. We trying to make this official. No, no young man. What? No. But I'm 21 and I, I, I make my 20, own decisions. I know you're 21, but and there, I, and, there's and I really a lot love her, left dad. to life that you haven't seen. But dad, it's Drea. Hey, I'm in love. I understand that. Do you, are you home every day? The cat is so good, dad. Like, it's, it's probably it's probably some other box out there that's like that. Okay, <laughs> I promise you, son. You haven't seen anything. 
You haven't lived enough. You haven't spoken to enough people. You haven't even been in living with somebody for long enough to see if you really like this person. You know, it might be things that she just do in her morning routine that just disgust you after three months. Give it some time. Like, what does she bring into the table besides that? Destiny's Child told you, slow down. I think you're moving too fast. You're moving way too fast, you know? You know, she she probably wants you because you got that thing, that thing. But after after the on, after all of the smoke and mirrors and the facade has gone away, you still gonna want that? Like you trying to be outside? She's like, what you trying to do? Don't have a kid right now at twenty one either. Eight point nine million. First thing you want to do is have a kid. No, I don't. I want to when the when when I'm done at work. Wrap it up. When I'm done at work, I might want to go off of. Might want to go off the the coast of Africa and see some something I've never seen before. Yeah, and this is gonna mm. be great doing it with a child, but I need to do this by myself first. I need to taste this. I need to see this. I need to meet people. Well, I need Drea, to make mistakes. Drea does not have a good reputation when it comes to kids, so I just hope that did she leave her kid in the crib? Yeah, so to go to a party. I hope that Jalen is just if he's having fun right now, he can have fun. I guess. That's what it might be, man. It might just be fun, and like he's just not pick, picking up what she putting down. Like sometimes you don't have people around you to give you game, the right people. Cause somebody need to give him game. But you know, for all we know, they could be in love. What they giving to each other could be the best thing since pants with pockets, and they just they immersed in it. But for me, it's a no go. Did you hear the Juanita Bynum audio? No, who's that? You don't know who Juanita Bynum is? Nope. That's why sometimes podcast a name for me. Yeah, heathen, y'all. Juanita Bynum is a uh, singer. And according to Wikipedia, she is also an author and a pastor. Juanita Bynum, girl, been out here for a minute because I remember this is from, this is growing up, 1999, Morning Glory. That's the Juanita Bynum. That's actually her first album. My mom used to play that all the time. So Juanita been out here for a minute. Let's check out the audio. Brothers, we wearing our pants too tight. Them, them, them little bitty suits is worrying me. Them ones that hot waters is cut all up in here too. So we can count how many you got down there. Something is wrong. Little jackets that's too little look like you just put on little Ray Ray's clothes or something and came to church. I'm not hearing y'all talk to me. To the point even your little dance scare me. The way you shout scare me. Your knees too close to be a man. Oh, I'm not getting nobody to talk to me right now. Maybe I gotta look down here on the monitor because let me get get this tipping when you shout. Open up your legs and shout like a man. Shout like dudes. Uh, 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 close your legs up. You a woman. Where is our difference? The Bible said put a difference. A difference. No. Well, woman has an opinion, right? And obviously... There are other women that feel 
the same way she does. I think it's a bit much for church. Um, I don't know that that's what you should be tre- preaching from the pulpit, but this is where I offend people. Sometimes I think the stuff be too, too tight. We be doing a lot as men, but I don't know if that makes him less manly. I get stuck. Like some things just ain't for me. I'm like, I wouldn't have did that, but go off, go ahead, have at it. But she definitely was like, she definitely is going to offend people with that reaction. Because what are you trying to say that the men, the way men, the way men dress and the way they carry themselves makes them too flamboyant or not men, a man's man. But you can tell by the people that were shouting, they they agree. But again, we've been seeing this on social media for the past five years. Women are dictating what they deem to be men and men behavior. This ain't nothing new. Do you accept it? Do you ignore it? Do you say you don't care about it? So you think it's, you're saying it's a whole lot of what we just, it's the same, same stuff. Yeah. Like, hold up. So she said she's 65. So 70s and 80s, that was like her time, bro. They was like, they was wearing see-through shirts and jerry curls, but ain't nobody have a problem with that back then and bell bottoms. So, what what's, what what picture is she trying to draw? What dot she trying to connect? I told you we be giving too much credence to people that have a microphone in front of their face. Mm. Like, are you like is she insinuating that again? People that have these mannerisms are gay. Basically, she said everything but that. Mm-hmm. We don't like it. Who was we? Her and all them people, chapping and clearing and cheering it on. When it comes and then to f- and then all the people who support it because you didn't have to be in the room to be supporting that. No. And now that that clip has gone viral, you know, you see the comments, you see the likes. There are a lot of people that agree with that. But is it I really want to cut lot, you off. Go ahead. But no, is it really a lot? Like you look, if you look at a comment, let's say we look at the post right now, and it got ten thousand comments. Is that a lot? It's just ten thousand people. It's a small majority, a small minority of the people. It can seem like a lot. It can seem like a lot. Because the hate is so visceral and so strong and so emotional. You know what I mean? And you can feel it and you can see it just in the comments. And you're like, wow, these people, they don't even know me. I'm a stranger and they got this much energy for me. Yeah. I think. Throw the rock, hide your hand. That's all I've, it is, bro. I've I've grown up. I've been in church. I grew up in church. My uncle and my aunt are pastor and first lady currently in a church in Maryland. Like church is still very much a big part of my family in terms of like tradition and even how like things are structured and how things are ran (laughs) very much. So my question is this, if gay was this sin, right? That they say that it is because one, it's not like, I'm I'm just going to be clear about that. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And we hear Christians do this dance where they say, oh, well, it's all a sin. I still love you because, you know, we're all sinners. We're all a sin. Hard stop. Sweet. For me, a hard stop. If Can I can I jump in right there? If, that's, if all sinning is equal, why are we even highlighting this particular sin that's not sin? Why even speak on it? <sighs> So that that for me, number one off the top, like I don't, I don't get with that. But if we went along with these people's narrative that gay is this sin, how 
it's this type of behavior. Aren't you supposed to be welcoming me into the church to get quote unquote saved and sanctified and Holy Ghost filled and all of that? What is the point of this type of behavior? She's saying she don't want you at her church. So when we get down to the bottom of it, it's just homophobia. And a lot of you all like what Juanita is doing is you use religion, you use the Bible, you use the church to prop up your homophobia and your hatred. You're, you're, it's just hatred. Just like my, my, my homie just said, it's just hatred. And that is not Christ-like. That's not Jesus-like. That's not God-like. Out of all the things that I know, I know for a fact that that is not God-like and Christ-like and Christian-like or whatever. That's not, that doesn't even come from a place of love. Hatred comes from a place of darkness, of void, of fear. And we know that all too well because we battle with anti, anti-blackness and racism every day. So it's coming from the same place. And I think it's just really unfortunate that these people prop up the church as opposed to be this place of being in a sanctuary when you're getting on here and you're being violent toward a whole group of people. That you're clearly not welcoming into your sanctuary. And all the people clapping and cheering and cheering it on would not welcome any of these people that you all consider to be these sinners that are just doomed to a pit of hell for eternity for who they are. Well, they couldn't, they wouldn't be welcomed into your church. So what are you doing there? What is the point? And that's Bible, really all I have to say about but that. In the Bible, uh, I think it says Matthew 7, do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be used to measure you. Mind your fucking business. And let people come to church how they are. It's Man. like they, it's like folks conveniently skip over the parts like that. To be hateful, to be nasty, to be, you know, and not just to strangers and people like me, to their own. Ha ha ha. We even go there. We're not talking about how they treat in their children, their husband, their spouse, their mother, their father. Because that that hatred, that darkness, Kim Burrell. It's wild, man. I I don't don't know. I don't have the answers. We don't have the answers. The answer is just love. I think so many of us think it's so complicated and it's really, it's not. It's love someone how you would want to be loved. Treat somebody how you would want to be treated. Treat someone's child how you would want your child to be treated. You know what I mean? But back to the love part, you think she's lacking love? I think she's lacking multiple things. Love definitely being one of them. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think um, I think a lot. So I think when people self awareness, education, and uh, the list that, could go on. She's like in a lot of things. Yeah, it's but, bad that my mind gravitates this way. But when I see like a woman jump out in that manner, I'm thinking that the person she was with was like caught doing something that she ain't approve of. It's like, possible. Damn, like, it's I'm possible. Shocked. And like now because you're taking that out your hatred on everybody. Yeah, her heart. You know, there there are in. There, there are stories to be told and that have been told, you know, of, you know, hearts that are broken. When a woman walks in and catches her man, you know, with another man, 
and she loves this man. Yeah, I, I'm, if you I'm don't, gonna, if if you don't do the work to heal that, yeah, I'm definitely. It could it could manifest itself to what we we just saw, what we just heard. I could definitely see anybody, a man or woman in that position, like looking at themselves and and uh, taking on that blame, like, well, it's something that I've done, or wasn't I was I not man or woman enough for this person to where they need to go out and find uh, seek pleasure elsewhere. And it's the betrayal, yeah. and when you have deeply rooted homophobia that betrayal you're now going to take that out on other people no you're going to take it out now on other now people, you hate a whole the, group of people the group of people who you feel betrayed by yeah. that's who you're going to go after prayers up for the people and like i said before i think it's really unfortunate you have so many people that agree but you know you mentioned the comments and ten thousand and all that yes but it speaks to the world that we are in. And as we wrap up, you know, that's what I really want to leave the listeners with. You know, we are not here by coincidence. The world, this, how things are around us, the environment, the state of the economy and the planet, the animals and everything. It's a lot of hurt. It's a lot of darkness in the world. It's a lot of people walking around hurt, carrying darkness, carrying pain, grieving and not dealing with that in a way that's safe for them and safe for people around them. And so this is where we are. But we do have the opportunity and the chance to heal. I do believe that. And, you know, we do have opportunities to create community. And so, again, thank you, Nell, for coming on to the Hunger Podcast this week. We went into the night a little late. So I do appreciate you sticking it out with me. And uh, before you leave... Anything else you want to say? And make sure you drop your social media information. I want to say, stay safe, people. Give grace to others because you never know what they're going through. And don't let a second in time ruin your life. If you want to follow me on the gram, it's N-E-4-L's and three underscores. And on Twitter, Nell, N-E-L-L underscore G-E. And I'll see you next week. Thank you all for listening. Again, I'm Eric Cole, host and producer of The Hunger Podcast. You can find The Hunger Podcast anywhere and everywhere by searching at Hunger Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Thank you for listening. Y'all have a safe rest of the week, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>